This is your principal speaking. Grab your books and grab your bags. Get down the hall and get to class. a nice long winter break it is finally thawing here in our part of the country we hope it's doing the same for you yeah (laughs) laura is like good and high right now so we are at a great spot to start the episode and to start out we want to say that for the four people that listen to our episodes we are so sorry that we have not released a new episode we had covid and covid exposures and ice and family drama, just oh, everything. It's been all kinds of stuff. And then I had a car wreck oh, yeah, on Friday. I'm so sorry. No, you are good, girl. The great news is um, insurance is totaling it. So I will probably get a new car within the next 30 days. Yay, and Noel's not hurt. That's also the good news. That, that is another really great good news. Uh, she did have like a seatbelt burn on her neck, which was the little friction burn. Yeah, and it was a little tender. It was um, a hickey and not in the way. No, it was not fun, and <laughs> I did not want my car to give me a hickey. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> we were just talking about how Laura has been on a break also from her uh, medicinal marijuana, which we always like to remind our audience she does have a medical marijuana card. I do not. That's why I am Noel, your humble researcher. And, of course, we've got Laura here with us. And this is higher education. Even though we've been on break, we want to make sure that you're in the right class, everyone. <laughs> and that you remember who we are. Because <laughs> it's been so long since the last episode. Yeah, <laughs> but we're so happy to be back. Laura, what's our strain of the day today? Our strain of the day is blueberry headband. <gasps> that might have been the last strain we did. I don't remember. I know that it was blueberry but not blueberry headband. So I think that's a slightly different strain than what we've had on the podcast before. I, I was just telling Laura, I love Laura like on a break between marijuana because then when she gets back on it for the podcast, she is like in it and you can <laughs> tell and she's so fun. Like Laura's always a blast and she's always oh, fun. You're always a blast and you're always fun. Oh, thank you, friends. <laughs> but especially like when she comes back from a break and we do the podcast. It's so fun to watch her like be high and do the show with her. So Laura, now that we know the strain of the day, would you like to give us our question for this week? I had thought about several different ways to read this, but I <laughs> not come up with anything that flows well. So just deal with it. Why do Americans in America do these two things differently? One, drive, we drive on the right side of the road when like literally everybody else drives on the left no the left side Mm -hmm. of the road and why after it's been proven it's so simple do we not (laughs) use the metric system in america when literally the rest of the world uses the metric system (laughs) even canada they're attached to us and they use it all fantastic questions um and actually surprisingly in my research gang they all have the same answer which was so surprising for me. And that's the only spoiler I gave to Laura in advance (laughs) as we were getting ready for this episode because I was so jazzed about it because I was like, oh, this should be a pretty easy episode, but there was so much more to it. And I was like, I'm doing the research part of this. Every time she says it's easy, she she thinks it's going to be easy and it's really hard. (laughs) Well, not so much hard, but it gets interesting. And what was interesting about this is that both these questions have the same answer of where they come from and why we don't do them here in the U.S. So, everybody, get ready. It's time for everyone's favorite bit of the podcast. We're going back in time. 
I think I went a different route, but it's okay. My lips are chapped and I won't move. That is okay. It is it has been cold, cold winter months. We're gonna do the best that we can. So way back when in the olden times, if we're talking about roadways and highways, even all the way back into what the medieval period, everybody actually bared to the left. And the reason for this is because of horses. So when people generally around the world, most people are right-handed. So when you mount a horse as a right-handed person, you mount it on the left side of the horse. And oftentimes people would be bearing on the left side of roads and places like that, because if you're right-handed, your weapon of choice to defend yourself against bandits and highwaymen is on your left so you can draw it with your right hand. Mm. So with your right hand exposed to the road, you have more access to defend yourself against getting attacked by brigands and bandits and people like that on the road. And so people continue to drive on the left for a very long time. The same with different units of measurement. So for centuries, countries and cultures around the world have used different units of measurements and weights. And these also played a part in trade and the value of how much something weighed to equal how much you would give for that, either through goods or through coin. And even weight measurements determined like the worth of certain coinage from place to place. This, as you can imagine, made trade between different towns, let alone different nations, so difficult because of that. Because it was weight-based. and Okay. Exactly. So because of this weight difference across everywhere, there wasn't really a standardized method. Now, I added on to our research just a little bit and included Fahrenheit and Celsius. Uh, I would have included that if I would have been smart and thought about it. (laughs) The reason that we use the Fahrenheit system is actually because of a German scientist named Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit. The measurement system is named after him who invented and created the mercury-based thermometer, which we used. That was then introduced and accepted by the British Royal Society of Science in 1714. And guess what other unit of measurement the British Empire used for the longest time? Fahrenheit. They used Fahrenheit for, like, temperature measurement. But as far as weights and things of that nature and for length, they they used pounds. They use the imperial system is what they refer to it as. Pounds is money. <laughs> pounds is money, but it was also weight measurement. So the same weight measurement that we use, like pounds and feet and inches, ounces, different things like that, all came from the British imperial system. So when Fahrenheit got introduced as a standard with the British Empire, other standard units that they used throughout their empire were spread everywhere. So again, colonialism has a part to play in this. So the reason that we here in America use this old imperial system is because we started with our 13 colonies, which were British-based colonies. So as the territories of the United States spread, so did our standardized unit of measurement that we carried over from Britain even after we declared independence. So they created it, Mm -hmm. and now it's their problem. Well, this is what you're saying, because they created it and they switched. America didn't. The people, the people that lived in America didn't. They, they did not. So Britain and the British colonies and empires used the imperial system 
for a very, very long time. Now, during the same time that we had our American Revolution and were breaking off for Britain, we still used that same imperial system of measurement because of how intuitive it was for the British colonies. It was hard enough trying to develop a new system of government, trying to develop a new system of weight measurement and measuring everything else would have been another taxing thing on top of everything else for the newly formed nation. That wasn't as much of a problem for the answer of where we get the metric system and driving on the right side of the road. And I was not at all expecting this answer, but it's the French Revolution. Why? Here's the crazy thing of it all. So remember how we went back in the past in our Wayback Machine and (laughs) in medieval periods and throughout time, everyone drove on the left. Well, in France in particular, the wealthy drove on the left side of the road while everyone else of not upper class were forced to drive and go and walk on the right side of the road. So it was a classist system to be able to distinguish who was who on the roadways. But there's, you saw this working in my mind, I think, because I had a visual with my fingers. (laughs) But if the rich people are on the left going to town, then they're going to be on the same side as the people that are on the right coming from town. So think of it this way, though. The so poor you know, people are going to run into the rich people on their way out of town. <laughs> well, if you were going on the same roads in and out, maybe. But if it was two separate carriages, both carriages would be on their own left-hand side. And then the poor people would just have to walk, like, literally off of the road oh, to get out of the way of the carriages. Poor people didn't have carriages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you think of it this way, think of, like, a bike path. When a biker goes on your left, so then you move over to the right to let them have and the right do. of way. Me and David really enjoy saying on your left probably too much. When you're on your left. <laughs> hey, you have your Amer- you have your Captain America moments as much as possible, where you go like on your left. <gasps> I didn't even think about saying it like that. Mm-hmm. Next time I pass somebody on a bike, I'm gonna go on your left. <laughs> was that good? <laughs> I think that was great. Good job, Laura. Okay, anyway. very proud. <laughs> So with the French Revolution, they changed the entire system. So with the, uh, you know, whole off with their heads thing going on in France at this time for the upper class, they started mingling in with the lower classes and traveling on the right side of the road. So they were not as noticeable. Um, This became so prevalent and it was a way of breaking away from that classist system that Napoleon, when he took power within the French Empire, he just straight up said, yeah, we're driving on the right side of the road, everybody. And as Napoleon and the French Empire continued to expand, they carried that and took that to every place that they conquered going forward. So just like how the British Empire expanded and spread their system of measurement of standardization wherever they went, France did the same with driving on the right and with the metric system. Because just like how all of the nations and different regions before had different weight measurements for trade and money exchange, they did the same thing in France. At the time before the French Revolution, there were tens of thousands of different trade systems and units of measurement that were used in region to region and town to town. And oftentimes these were dictated by whichever royalty was in charge of that region. So they could collect more taxes from their tenants and from the lower classes to line their own pockets. But with a standardized method of measurement across the board, especially for taxes and trade, 
the French Revolution and the new government that was taking place were able to equalize everything, make it easier to collect taxes, and make it much simpler for everyone to convert to a standardized method that unified the entire nation. That sounds amazing. It was you know, really everybody. revolutionary, honestly. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> a revolution. Guys, uh, this is how immature I am. When she said Napoleon, I immediately <laughs> thought of Napoleon Dynamite and not the old guy with a wig or whoever he was. And all I could picture was the red curly hair and a vote for Pedro shirt in the hat, so in, the, in the revolutionary hat. There you go. If that is your um, image of Napoleon, uh, go ahead and go with that, guys. With I'm, just kidding. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> such a dick. You're fine, Laura. So, with the standardization, and the incredible thing about the metric system is that decibel watches were actually already a big thing in France at the time. So, having a system of measurement and units that were all divisible by 10 made a lot of sense. And they did things that were easily standardized and understandable, just like things that are observable in nature. So, a meter, according to the original definition of a meter by the metric system created by the French, it is one one hundredth million of the distance between the equator and the North Pole. So, a hundred million. Uh, one one hundredth million of the distance between the equator and the North Pole. So, that was something that was a constant that they could base it on. And the crazy thing is, is that our measurement of a meter has adapted and changed to be more scientifically precise, because just as with the British Empire, their method of measurement expanded with their empire. Everywhere Napoleon went, the French took the metric system. And it made so much sense that other nations around the world, as it progressed, converted over to the metric system as the standard unit and style of measurement. Except for... Except for three nations, actually. (laughs) Exactly. So America and only two other countries in the world are the only ones that still use the imperial units of measurement. What are the other two countries? Are you going to make me guess? No, honestly, I forgot the third one, but one of them is Myanmar. That's the planet, Noelle. No, Myanmar is is a country. (laughs) It's a planet in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not a real place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, it's, it's not a planet in Garden of the Galaxy. Okay, just, Laura, you guys, you guys can check all of my sources, of course, <laughs> when we link them on uh, our Facebook and on. Um, I was just joshing you. I know it's a country. <laughs> I know you. I mean, were. I didn't know until just now that it was a country. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, it's one of the. They are two of the three nations that still use the British, the old imperial British system of measurement. What was the second one? I was being a dick, and I don't remember. <laughs> There's the U.S. and Myanmar. And then the third one, I will admit, I do not remember off the top of my head. I didn't that's, put those down in the notes. Okay, that's what I was asking. Was the third one off the Myanmar. So along with spreading the metric system and driving on the right side of the road, the real conversion for driving on the right side of the road came to America with the expansion of the U.S. territories after the Louisiana Purchase. And the invention... Of the Saratoga wagon. This wagon was so large, it was drawn by six to eight horses. And because of the size of it, the driver actually had to ride on the left side of it on horseback so that he could still use a whip in his right hand to be able to drive the horses. So because of that, 
It made it easier for travel, too, if the driving was on the right-hand side, so then the driver could be able to be closer to the center of the road. And statistically, this has proven to be a lot safer in the long run for driving. So slowly over the years, the conversion began to happen where laws were passed in different territories and states in the United States that everyone had to drive on the right-hand side. One of the first acts that I found in my research that was mentioned was Pennsylvania in 1792, passing the Keep Right Law. New York followed soon after. And then we get into Ford building the Model T and designing cars, much like the with the Saratoga wagon, having the steering wheel going on the left side as opposed to being on the right, like buggy, horse-drawn carriages of before. So as U.S., as the U.S. nation became more prominent in the manufacturing of cars and vehicles, and we put all of our steering wheels on the left-hand side, it just made sense for the rest of the world to also drive on the right-hand side of the road. So actually, Laura, two-thirds of the world drives on the right. We are in the majority and it's only wow. one third of the world that drives on the left. So I was just wrong about this question, <laughs> I guess. Well, I thought we, entirely. I thought we did it differently than everyone else. Oh no. Like a lot of people, as far as driving on the side of the road, we are incongruence with oh. a lot of other nations of the world. We're and it's winning only something. <laughs> we're, we're winning at car production and when there's not a microchip shortage. And because of that, it allows us to influence other nations that want our products to drive on the right-hand side of the road. Unfortunately, us not converting fully to the metric system, however, has proven to be very hazardous in several different ways. We can cover some of those. Do you want to know? Here's our fun edible fact. Um, How much do you think it would cost to switch over a nation from driving on the left side to the right that has a population of 7.8 million. Just one city? Or no, the whole nation. The whole nation. I don't know. I feel like it's a big number, like a really big number. Because every highway in the country, everything. Now don't think of it like a large, large country like the United States. That one thing you said earlier. <laughs> that, one, <laughs> that one country you said earlier. Myanmar. <laughs> At least a billion dollars. Okay. In 1964, um, Sweden switched over from driving on the left to the right. And in today's money, it cost them $400 million. $400 million. That $600 million. It's <laughs> a lot of million dollars. That is okay, though. I mean, for a larger nation and in today's economy, it would definitely cost something around there for a lot of countries that are still driving on the left side to try and switch over to the right or vice versa. It's a huge infrastructure move. So there are definitely some good reasons why certain countries and nations of the world do not switch over to driving on the right side. Some countries even specifically stay driving on the left because U.S. vehicles are a bit more expensive. Australians, for example, drive on the left side along with the British. So they keep to the left. And Australian-designed and British-designed vehicles, I know Australian ones are actually cheaper 
for purchasing than American cars. So some smaller island nations close to Australia actually keep to the left so that they can import cheaper Australian cars as opposed to U.S. cars. So sometimes it could be an economic reason why some of these nations don't switch over or just tradition sake. Britain actually passed, I believe I have that in my notes, back in the 1800s. They passed the, yep, 1835. Britain did the Keep to the Left Act is when they officially passed that and made it the law that all of their roads you drive on the left-hand side. Which, I mean, for that, that time, it wouldn't have been that much money because it's just like, guys just switch. There's no yellow paint. There's no asphalt. There's no barriers or, you know, anything like that. Exactly. Down. So it's just like, hey guys, swap these. Many people think that the reason that the act was put into place, since we have the French Revolution happening not too far away, and in the 1789 is when the French Revolution took place. So it's not too many decades from that point that they passed the Keep Left Act. Um, many people think this was a pushback against these French practices and ideas, and especially since the French Revolution got rid of its imperialism and, you know, its royalty. So many nations and countries around France at that time were very much pushing back against these ideas because they worried, oh, if we adopt some of these, then, you know, our peasantry are going to rise up against us. I mean, that happened later, but that had nothing to do with the metric system or driving on the right, you guys. <laughs> That's a completely unrelated thing. Now, America hasn't totally tried to push back against the metric system. So there have been a lot of different pushes to try and completely convert us to metric, starting all the way back to the 1870s. The biggest push that we had for metric conversion was the Metric Conversion Act passed during the Reagan administration in 1975, where the metric board was first formed. And their job was to try and convince as many people, industries, and government places as possible to switch over from the imperial system to the metric system. Since everywhere else in the world basically uses the metric system, it makes a lot more sense for us to convert over to that for the sake of trade, industry, and just to make a lot of things easier and more copacetic. But the only problem is the act made it voluntary. Ah. Well, that was silly. <laughs> so because it made everything voluntary, not that many places switched over. So now there is only one highway sign in the entirety of the United States that actually is measured in the metric system. And that's Interstate 19 connecting the U.S. to Mexico. So that one place was like, we choose this. We choose the right <laughs> thing. Everybody else is going to do it too, right? Right? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Exactly. It's that one kid in class who signs up for the uh, volunteer day for school and they're the yeah. only one that shows yeah, they're up. They're the only ones that show up to the park cleanup. Mm -hmm. <sighs> cool, well, guys. Good job, everybody. <laughs> well, and which is crazy because in 1988, the U.S. passed that the standard of measurement for trade and commerce internationally with the U.S. was the metric system. So now, here in America, if we produce any products, we put two different, you'll see the two different conversions on there, the imperial system and the metric system on all products that are produced by the United States, which costs us more on labeling, packaging, measurements, and the fact that science globally uses the metric system, but because of our kind of clinging to the imperial system, 
our kids going through school have to learn both systems of measurement, which adds to more confusion in the long run as far as scientific conversions and mathematical equations, which have proven to be very difficult. Okay, so getting into where us not converting to the metric system has caused issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the first of which is the Air Canada Flight 143 having to make an emergency landing back in 1983 because of a misconversion on fuel amounts. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Another very costly example was in 1999 with the Climate Mars Orbiting Craft. Um, this was a huge project um, where NASA and several other different members of the science community sent a orbiting craft to measure the climate of Mars. It cost $200 million to make. Jesus. And it crashed into the surface of Mars because of a <laughs> misnumbering and conversion of math from the U.S. measurement system to the metric. Tell me that NASA uses the metric system now. Yes. Okay. A science across the board uses the metric system, but there are still some scientists that, unfortunately, because they, again, in our school systems, we're learning both the metric and the U.S. standard of measurement. So because of that, it's causing... It causes friction. It causes issues. It does. Doctors make mistakes because they're taught wrong with there are actually, I found this out in my research, because of conversion measurements from standard and most medicines are done in metric, like in milliliters, 3,000 to 4,000 kids are hospitalized due to misconversions of measurements of medication. 3,000 to 4,000 kids. And that's just kids. In the U.S. In the U.S. alone, we have 3,000 to 4,000 cases of children hospitalized due to over-medication due to a miscalculation in conversions from standard measurement to the metric system. Are adults, does that problem not arise in adults, I guess, because you have to be more picky with your measurements for things, I guess. Exactly, because they're, you know, smaller little bodies. You have to use fractions to break everything down and figure out what is the correct unit of medication you would do for a child as opposed to an adult. Wow. There's a whole section in chemistry, in my college chemistry class and my high school chemistry class, that would be deleted if we didn't have to use conversion charts and everything like that. It just makes things more complicated. I just don't understand how to see that. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing, though. It would make things so much easier as far as trade, industry, science, and everything else if we simply switched. But because there's not enough proof, I suppose, or evidence... Um, to be able to show that cost-effect-wise, it makes more sense to convert to the metric system. A lot of industries and places in the U.S. won't convert to it unless it's going to sh show to be more profitable. So we can say, oh, yeah, it's going to cost less to do this. It's going to make it easier to do that. But everything boils down to money. So unless there is a huge cost-to-value ratio to make these conversions, we're not going to see a huge push for it. And especially since the Conversion Metric Act is still a voluntary thing, um, we have to volunteer to switch to it for it to happen. And in America, that's going to take way more than, what, 16 years? Hopefully <clears throat> not. Oh, the other very costly um, error that happened due to a miscalculation between the different conversions of measurement, Space Mountain in Disneyland, Japan 
um, went off the rails in 2003. Wow. Because of the difference between standard American units for, like, parts versus metric. <laughs> Switch to metric, people. It's gonna cause, it's gonna help so many things. It's literally gonna save lives. It's gonna save lives if we just switch to metric. That's, I know it'll cost a lot of money. Saying. Think about how much money doctors are gonna save going through medical school. And, that one class they don't have. and also not having to deal with lawsuits because they yeah. can't do simple mathematic <clears throat> conversions. Malpractice insurance would go down. That should get like fires under everybody's house. Exactly. Some really creative, going back to our conversation about driving on the left and right sides of the roads, a lot of people um, have the questions of well, what happens when you are traveling like across a big continent and one country drives on the right side and the other one on the left. Yeah. Usually you will go and get stopped by customs and all of that good stuff can get checked and then you will get to switch over over to the other side of the road. There's actually a very interesting and innovative design called the Lotus Bridge, which connects China to Macav. So China drives on the right side of the road and Macav drives on the left. And the Lotus Bridge is designed so that you just follow your normal route and then it is designed to switch you over to that country's preferred lane to drive in in a smooth and easy fashion. I highly recommend um, you guys Google the Lotus Bridge in China and it will pull that up and you guys can take a look at that. It's a really interesting design. Here's some interesting facts I did find out when it comes to the differences in conversions and just how we make things so confusing for our system of measurements compared to the metric system. Okay, Laura, when you think of a ton, how much do you think a ton weighs? 2,000 pounds. I'm guys. I'm a math person. This is. I may actually win this quiz. Do you Do you know that that is only one type of a ton that exists? Oh fuck! I, I well, <laughs> I'm smart, Noel. Shut up. You. I don't know anything about literature, history, or whatever, but I know math. You do know your math, <laughs> and you were on the money. So and then I just got flat on my flattened on my ass. <laughs> well, and this was something I didn't know either. There are several different types of tons in the U.S. system of measurement. So what Laura described, the 2,000-pound one, is the short ton. But just above that is what's called the long ton, which is 2,240 pounds. I am so mad right now. <laughs> because why the fuck didn't they just use different words? <laughs> they, they, they did. They have all kinds of different tons, like the mm -hmm. register ton and the essay ton. And the displacement ton, which so why don't they are... call the register ton a register? I mean, or something else. Like just, just call it a different thing <laughs> because, besides a ton. Because again, because empirical system of measurements. <laughs> Colonialism. Empirical sounds, empirical sounds so fun and so whimsically proper. <laughs> and and dumb, just very and, very no, dumb. No, 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 it doesn't sound dumb. It is dumb, but it doesn't sound dumb. <laughs> Which and then of course there is the metric ton, um, spelled T O N N E. And do you know how much the metric ton is? Two hundred thousand pounds. I don't know. <laughs> it is a thousand kilograms. Just the metric ton is standardized and is just one thousand kilograms. So instead of knowing which ton you need to talk about when referring to a ton. In the metric system, as opposed to the U.S., you can just go, the metric ton, and it's a 1,000 kilograms, and you're good. In America. 
But then in the other countries, they just call it a thousand kilograms yeah. or a whatever. A ton. It's just the ton. Okay. <laughs> is it 2,000 pounds? No. Because I don't use pounds anymore in Britain. I hate that. No, no, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying. It <laughs> is. Yes, the short ton, the ton you the are only, used to. The only ton that's, that's 2,000 pounds is just the one, the, the short one. Yeah, the short ton, which you are correct. It is 2,000 pounds. You don't have to. Don't do that. Don't stroke my ego like that. <laughs> you were right, though. In U.S. customary units, that is the general ton that people think no, of. No, I was just saying pounds. because of earlier whenever I was like, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I was wrong because I didn't know that there were more than one ton, types of tons. Well, and I didn't either until I did this research, to be fair. And again, a lot of those, the systems of measurement were very arbitrary things that decided this is what this is. But with the metric system, they have tried to uniform it as much as possible. So at one point, they had a physical metal bar that represented what they considered to be a meter, along with a certain type of weight that was supposed to represent what a gram is. But over time, to standardize it, the metric system has gone back again to look at constants in nature or in the universe to decide what those units of measurement are. So it's changed from one one hundred millionth of the distance between the equator to the North Pole to determine what a meter is. The new unit of measurement, and this is insane to me that we got this down that much, and again, I am constantly, like, surprised by science. But we now measure a meter as the length of the of light, the path of light as it travels in a vacuum at one two hundred ninety nine million seven hundred ninety two thousand four hundred fifty eight of a second. I hate that. Right. It's I'm not so very, mad at that. <laughs> it's not a very easy thing to remember. But if you know what a meter is, that is what they determine what a meter is, is by the constant of the speed of light. That is how precision based the metric system has become. We are so behind the times in the US <laughs> as far but as our measurement system. Did, why did they use the sun really? Well, they use the speed of light, so not quite the sun, I, but okay. the speed of light yeah. in a vacuum. So basically We'll get we'll get to the speed of light some other day. <laughs> some other episode. But it's the metric system is now also known as the SI system, is what it was new newly coined as in the nineteen sixties. So oh. the scientific system of the metric system is referred to as the SI which are the more precise measurements done specifically so that we don't get incidences like the Mars Climate Orbiter crashing into the surface uh, okay. of Mars and different things like so that. So SI is all about measurements, you know, measure 20 cup ones. Me- measure 20 cup ones, ah. <laughs> I believe is more uh, akin to what that would be. Um, and now, if Laura and everyone is ready, you guys ready for our game for tonight? Yes. So So instead of everyone having to worry about trying to do math while being high, because only Laura will be good at that. No. (laughs) Maybe. When I'm high, I'm not as good at math. You you knew what a ton was. That's not math. That's just the... (laughs) I mean, it is a little math, but very, very little. So tonight, I thought it might be fun for our game for tonight. Um, I am going... Not only do Britain and Australia use different units of measurement and drive on a different side of the road than us, but I thought it might be fun if we tried to decipher different words and slang that are used in the UK and in Australia and see if we can decipher 
what they are. Okay. All right. You ready, Laura? Okay. I want to start you off with a fun one. Do you want to do Britain or Australia first? Australia. Okay. We're going down under, folks. A chook. Chook? <laughs> you know what I want to say. <laughs> um, A chimney. No. I guess I was thinking of chimney shoot, and that's the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> so a chook is a chicken. Oh, that's cuter. It, I found out that it is It is also a derogatory word for, like, old women. Oh. Like, old, because oh it's the whole thing of, like, hen pecking and, like, an old hen. So sometimes you'll hear people say, like, get out of the road, you old chooks, and Aww. stuff like that. And my apologies to any authentic Australian speakers for me butchering any of the slang or terms that I found in my research. I feel like this one you're going to be familiar with. Crikey! Crikey? Oh my, there's an alligator. No, there's a crocodile. <laughs> R.I.P. Steve Irwin. I know. I put that in there just for our beloved Steve Irwin. But it's an expression of surprise, of course. Yes. So that's easy to decipher for right, Yeah. Crikey! Crikey! Now this one is used in both the UK and in Australia, but jumper. Jumper? Mm-hmm. Uh, trampoline. <laughs> it's actually a sweater. Oh, I think I did have heard that before, yeah. Like, did jumper. you leave, like, did you leave your jumper at home? I, I'm gonna put this in here just cause, um, it's a fun word. Uh, Chili and the cast of Bluey, forgive me, but Dunny? Dunny? What a Dunny? Um, I, I don't know, a donut? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, um, a word for toilet. It's generally uh, used for like an outhouse. Uh, so um, like so it's not considered, um, I learned this watching the show, it's not considered a polite term. Toilet or bathroom is, but dunny is more like an outhouse or like. So if you're like the bathroom, you'd be like, this bathroom is dunny. It's like a dunny. Mm-hmm. Or like, like I'm going to hit the dunny. Like uh, something like that. Like, it's like a casual conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, like they do like, I'm going to hit the head or I'm going to hit the John, which I don't use as much because my boyfriend's name is yeah. John. So. <laughs> Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Beyonce, my boyfriend. I know. Oos. Oos. Um, like a, hey man, like, what's up? Oos. Well, kind of like how we go sweet or like awesome. Oos is like, yeah. Oh, not too far off base. Yeah. Oos. That's funny. That's cute. I like that. I like oos. Like, I'm trying not to use it too, too much in my day to day because I know nobody is going to know what the heck I'm saying. (laughs) But in my head, I'm like, oops. (laughs) Oh, this was a fun one on here that I had just in mind for you. A shark biscuit. A shark biscuit? Shark biscuit. You're not going to be happy about what it actually means. No. (laughs) It's, it's not too bad. It's kind of a joke, but. Um, I was going to say, is that what they call shrimp crackers? No. Um, so a shark biscuit is kids at a beach. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like a little shark biscuits. <laughs> Not like children, like annoying teenagers. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I don't know where this term comes from, but I found it on this, on this list from online for like, it's one of those websites that is for like tourists. Like if you're going uh, to Australia, guys, just talk the way you normally do. Don't try to use these. Don't try to use the colloquial kind of things. Just be yourself. No, Nobody thinks it's cute. Nobody wants you to put on airs. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's sort of like you're making fun of them. Like It, it can, I think, have sometimes be a little mockery-esque. Um, I'm definitely good with saying things like, ah, oh, beauty, 
Burr, which is one of the other terms. Oh, okay. Am I supposed to guess that? Yeah, you want to guess, <laughs> like... beauty. You um, beauty. Like, oh, that's awesome. That's exactly what that oh, means. Oh, yeah. Good job, And Laura. I totally just guessed that one because I never heard it before. Mm-hmm. So, beauty is to describe <laughs> something like awesome or great. So, you can also go, oh, you beauty. Mm-hmm. I great. love it. It's it's one of my favorites. A stubby. A stubby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I know what we would say is like a hand. <laughs> Got a finger on it or something. Lost that in the woodshipper, friend. Um, is there a type of food? Close. A beer. It was a bottle of beer. Good oh, job, Laura. Okay. I had to get a hint, but okay. <clears throat> it is. It is a bottle of beer. Let's move back across the pond. So we're going to hop across the pond to the UK, where we get our U.S. customary system, also known as the Imperial System of Measurement. which they did change over to metric but they did not change over to it until like the 1970s and it was a long like they did the whole thing that we do on our (laughs) products where there's like the old system of measurement and then the metric and then eventually they completely shifted over to the metric system when did it start how long did it take them i did not get anything in my research for how long it took for them to fully convert to the metric but it is now the standard system of measurement taught in all UK schools. I just wanted to see if they did it faster than America did. I mean, we started <clears throat> doing the Conversion Act and the Conversion Board in, like, the 1960s. They it started was... in the 1970s. We still haven't fully converted, and they have completely converted to the metric yeah. system. I just didn't know if, it, like, if that was something that would have started in the 60s as well, or if it was, like, earlier. So, over across the pond... Okay, so a snog. Snog? Um, I've heard it before, that's why I'm like trying to pull it. Uh, cigarette butt, I don't know. <laughs> so a snog is a kiss in any form. So Ew. making out is like snogging is Ew. the word I think that for that. That's why I guess me and David watch Sex Education on Netflix. And oh, they say that in there. That's, a, that's a good show. I've heard good, good things. We haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I feel like a binge is a cup. Okay. A kip. Kip. Uh, handshake? It is a snooze or a quick power nap. Oh, okay. I'm just going to take a kip real quick in the back. Take a quick Mm-hmm. A bird. (laughs) Yes, not a bird. (laughs) A bird. I mean, somewhere. In this case, a bird is referring to a woman. So it's a oh. it's a word to describe a woman, like, oh, look at that bird. Oh, okay. Which I thought was funny, because we have bird in Britain for, like, hey, check out that chick. And then we have choop, which is, like, chicken. And we refer to, like, oh, little man. old ladies and stuff as choops in Australia. Okay. All right. A lot of, like, aviary references from <laughs> these two nations, as far as women are concerned. Knackered. This knackered? Knackered. This is one of my favorite ones. Knackered? Mm-hmm. Drunk? Hammered? Actually, it means exhausted. Oh, I'm absolutely knackered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, I, I've had it. It's been a long day. I'm knackered. I am going to bed. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That fits, I guess. Yeah, because it's yells language. It obviously fits. <laughs> Trainers. Tennis shoes. I knew that. Yes! <laughs> so, and I... Or sneakers. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. 
So we call them speakers, but I did like, of all the things on this site that I found this one for, and again, it's one of these cheesy tourism, I can't think of the word for it. <laughs> it's one of these cheesy tourism uh, websites. Market it, it's marketed towards uh, American tourists. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like the way that they describe it, because trainers are for athletes who train in those shoes. So it makes sense makes to sense call, to them, call trainers them trainers yeah. as opposed to sneakers because you don't like sneak in sneak them. Sneak in them, yeah. Sneak in spy soft shoes. Duh. <laughs> That's exactly what you do. Knees up. Knees up. Knees up. I've heard it before. That's why I don't know. Uh, like when you're sweeping? Okay, no. It means uh, it's another word for party. Oh, knees up. Yeah, I have heard that one like, Knees up. Time to party. Yeah, because I always pop my knees up when I'm partying. <laughs> I don't party. <laughs> anyway. Now, this one I have heard used so much here in the U.S. I don't think I've heard it as much watching a lot of British television or U.K.-focused media or anything, but Altapot. Altapot? Altapot. Everything? <laughs> Altapot. That's what I'm saying. Does it mean everything? Oh, no. It does not mean everything. All the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, used when describing when plans fall apart. Oh, all the pot, Like, mm-hmm. all the shit, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, like, everything's gone pot. I've heard it said that way before here in the U.S., but I haven't heard all the pot in a lot of the British media that I've absorbed in my life. Mm. So that just means I need to absorb more, you guys. <laughs> Y'all have any recommendations uh, for shows and things that I need to watch that are British uh, BBC focused, um, other than Doctor Who, because um, I've already watched plenty of that. Then shoot it my way and put it down in the comments below. But yeah. Laura, I think you did pretty good on oh, our you. game for I tonight. Didn't, I didn't know it was over. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of just drifted off there for a little bit. That's understandable. You are having a lo- another little hit break here. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I took a little hit earlier. <laughs> Any hizzle. That's the crazy story and path of the metric system of Fahrenheit and Celsius and why we drive on the right side of the road. It all comes back to, like, the French Revolution. Everyone trying to find, like, a standard measurement and way to do everything and... Not everybody has gotten on the same page, but we have found interesting and unique ways to still be able to do trade and science and things around the globe, even though we all do things a little differently. Yep, but it would be safer if we would just switch. It would It would make a lot more sense. Literally, guys, we're one of three nations that still have, don't do the metric system fully. I was regarding the, the metric system, not the road situation. I get that that's expensive and, you know, it's not as widely different. Anyway, this was fun. Did you enjoy this episode? I did. Yay! Hope you guys enjoyed it as well. If y'all have any um, ideas for future episodes, you guys have questions for us, anything, hit us up in the comments. Hit us up on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook. We're Higher Education and we're Higher Ed 420. Higher, Higher Ed Pod 420 on Instagram. In our email, if you want to email us ideas or whatever, uh, higheredpod420 at gmail.com. There you go. So there's all of our handles. Come and check us out. Talk to me. I'm Noelle. And talk to Laura. And just keep hanging out with us, guys. Thank you all so much. Um, we appreciate you listening and sticking with us, even when it's been such a long pause between episodes. Yes. And we will hopefully be on more of a schedule this time. 
Every two weeks we should be firing an episode at you. I sound like a radio DJ. <laughs> that is perfectly fine. Um, I was accused of being a radio DJ at work today because I always would you so long. <laughs> I, I got a face for radio, I like to say. Oh, no, no. Your voice would but, be good on it, but your voice would be good on the stage or in a movie or something. Oh, thank face, you. Your voice and your face. Oh, thank you, Laura. I appreciate Same it. Say mean things about my friend. I know. It's just my own self-deprivating humor, but... <laughs> anyway. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.